Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, welcome back to episode 32. Got a really cool episode here for today in that we're going to be talking a lot about the fan community. And we really want to dedicate this next upcoming month to the community creating content for the game, fun scenarios, maybe alternate units, and just really just really having fun and embracing the material. Because the game is based and licensed on the books, there are certain limitations and they can't really make content based on the HBO material. But you know, as fans, that's something that we can do. And so today I've actually got Yannick Burr with us and he is actually the creator of what maybe many of you saw on April Fool's Day as the Others Faction. So we're going to talk a little about the design process behind that. And Yannick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks to be here. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know this, but this faction spread like a wildfire on the internet when it came out. So for our website, we, you know, we get a modest amount of, of tracks a day. But when we posted this, we got over 4,000 individual people checking it out. <laughs> so it really exploded. So I'm really excited <laughs> to talk through what your thoughts were behind making each of these units. And, uh, you know, we're going to maybe talk about trying to balance them out, right, for the community yeah. to use. So first, I'm impressed that the views of the, of the faction <laughs> are so high. I can't believe it. I heard it the first time. So, um, yeah, about the faction, you asked me if I can do something with me. So one or two cards and it exploded a bit. <laughs> yeah, so it was supposed to be one. Yeah, I, was like, I, was, I imagined like two cards at first and you sent an entire faction, tactics cards and all. <laughs> Yeah, you, you inspired me a bit. So <laughs> you asked me about the others and I searched a bit about the others in the books and yeah, there is not that much content and I don't read the books. I only watched the show uh, yet. So I was very limited in, in my thoughts about the White Walkers from the show. So I had some scenes in mind, most of them from Hardhome, which inspired me and I try kept some of the, the scenes with the cards and especially one tech the cards. So, uh, and so, you know, I think we'll, we'll talk through each of these units, you know, kind of give you an idea of what sort of stuff they could maybe try to make to, to fit with the game for fan-made rules to use at home. We have a special treat because it's not just going to be Yannick and myself. We're going to have Fabio Curry, the game developer for a Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game, joining us in the podcast today to talk about, you know, what does his process look like going through when he's trying to balance units for the A Song of Ice and Fire Miniatures game, and maybe give us some feedback on our fan-created content here. So with that being said, Fabio, thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, thank you for inviting me as well. This is gonna be a fun experience. Now, I think we do have to take a second here to point out that this is fan-made content and, uh, the, your interaction and feedback today is uh, not in any way endorsing the HBO series or, or any of that content, right? Yeah, definitely. And so just to be very clear, this is all speculative and we're just going to have a little fun with theory crafting. I want to be especially clear also that w the Song of Ice and Fire games deal with the books where there's specifically no Night King, right? And the others have barely appeared. And so really what we're, we'll be doing, we'll be talking about these fan-made units that Yannick made. I'll give you some of the descriptions. Yannick can talk about, you know, what was his thinking behind them? What he was trying to achieve? And then Fabio, you can talk about units just as in a general sense, like how would something like this maybe be balanced uh, or what it might look like your process in balancing a unit if you were making something for the A Song of Ice and Fire Miniatures game? Yeah, perfect. That makes a lot of sense. And 
I'll take it very seriously from now on. Oh, all right. Get ready. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Yannick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so the first unit you made, I thought was going to be the only unit you made, and it was the Wraiths. And this was your basic kind of infantry unit for the, the other's faction. And so you gave them movement five, and then they had crude weapons that hit on a four plus with a profile of 12, six, three. They've got armor of six plus, morale of four plus, and then even crazier than their attack profile, you gave them this really cool ability, Undead Army. Every time an engaged enemy combat unit loses a rank or fails a panic test, this unit gains two corpse token. At the start of this unit's activation, you may expend up to two, two corpse tokens to restore one wound for each corpse token spent. What was your thinking behind making this unit? So first, I thought this is the only unit I will make. So I try to make it look good and on some points a bit overpowered. So 12 attacks on the first rank is a joke. So <laughs> don't, do it don't day. Point. take it too serious. <laughs> And if I think on the Undead Army, you have this massive wall of raids come at you at relatively high speed and crush you at first, but um, will die really quickly. And um, yeah, they are undead. So if you think you have them dead, they come back. So this is the idea behind the Undead Army special rule. So if you kill something or get getting killed, or that, that's a theme about the, the whole army that you can collect these corpse tokens and bring people back or get special effects and stuff like this. And to balance them out, I guess it's fair that they have no armor. You can kill them quickly, but have a high morale because they are undead and don't care if they get killed. Bobby, I don't know if you know, you've had this when you were developing the game. Uh, maybe you had some units come across your, your desk with some like incredibly high profile attack, like 12 plus to hit on a four plus. Is that something that's like immediately concerning to you for balance purposes? Yes, definitely. Uh, as soon as I looked at the <laughs> unit, I asked you guys right before the show, like how many points does this unit cost? And you guys said five points. I'm like, okay, 12 dice is just way too much for any five point unit, no matter what. I'd say never say never, right? So, like, I can't say there will never be a 12 attack die unit, but at the moment, that is not feasible. Right? <laughs> and I actually wrote a suggestion to 743 dice because they are just crazy rates, right? That are untrained and poorly equipped. And so, the idea by decreasing that, I like the way you're kind of talking about how they're untrained and stuff. So, the idea would be maybe if we lowered it to 743 that it would leave room for like more elite units to be better distinguished in the faction then? Yeah, definitely. Uh, not just to create the contrast with the more elite units, but also as a balance issue, right. given <laughs> what they do. And since they have a really good morale save, that, that also factors in in the points cost. So I actually made another suggestion, which would be instead of having a four plus morale, why don't they just never roll panic checks? Ooh. So, so like the scorpion? So like the scorpion, yeah, exactly. They can't be panicked and never roll panic checks. Or you can, they can even be panicked, I guess. But Because they, so, since they're already dead, they're not really scared of running away, right? Yeah. My, my uh, thought behind this is if you play against, for example, Lannisters or Boltons, 
who play very much around panic, even a 4 plus unit like Berserkers get Snake Eyes or, or get that roll. And if you add it up with, with some cards, for example, Cersei, you can lose models on a 4 plus morale save. Right. So I think moral tests are, in, uh, no, panic tests are a very important part of this game. So taking it out completely on a, on your standard unit is a little bit unfair for such factions. Well, would we want to then increase their point cost? And I'm assuming over, over five points. Okay. So that would require a play testing for us to mm -hmm. be sure. Right. But in my mind at five points with six defense and a seven, four, three on a, what is it? A four plus. Yep. yep. Yeah. They could, they could be immune to panic checks. Maybe. Like, and this would, that and would this require would... testing once again it's for yeah. us to be sure and see if that actually factors out well or just like yannick said if that's too crippling for lannister and bolton players for example specifically this unit is kind of using that undead army ability right so they want to make their opponents lose ranks or fail panic tests to generate corpse tokens so you're going to always see these in an army right you're always going to have at least one of these units because as you're going to see the other units gonna, are going to need the corpse tokens that these things generate to actually function. So we'll definitely be seeing one of these. So I wonder if we did never roll panic tests, like, you know, kind of go that scorpion route. I wonder if that would make it something unique to this unit. Or as we talk about the other units, would we want to apply that there as well? So let's talk about that next unit then, the Night Striders. So this one, yeah, was a cool piece of art online that I think we were actually sharing like back and forth in the chat. And, and first off, if you guys don't know, Yannick is sort of a madman because you're in Germany right now, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the time zone is very different. And so while we were messaging back and forth, even in creating these, it was like the middle of the night for you. And I, I felt really bad when I realized like, oh man, that's like, you know, an afternoon for me, but you're like burning the midnight oil. So um, yeah. I think we were passing on this image and then you sent back a full stat card. And I think this is when things started to take off when you just started churning out units. So this was a cavalry unit. It had a movement of six, and on a three plus to hit, it hits at eight and six. Its armor is four plus. It's got morale of four plus as well. And then it has the undead fear ability. Every time an engaged enemy combat unit fails a panic test, a friendly unit within short range of the unit gets the amount of corpse token equal to the number of wounds the enemy unit takes from their panic test. And then as a cavalry unit, they have three wounds and they get the free maneuver. So what was the thought behind making this unit? I tried to make um, yeah, a cavalry unit, but um, I liked the, the fear that, for example, Lannisters or Boltons bring to the table. So like I said before, Panicked is a very important part of the game for me. And at the moment I play Starks, so... I don't like it, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it. You got berserkers. Imagine how us free folk players play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I said, uh, <laughs> panic tests are a very important part for me, and I like to have at least one unit that gets a little bit of a benefit from panic tests. So um, losing ranks or, or, or failing panic tests was the um, possibility of under army from the rights. So I like to make it specific only for panic tests for the cavalry unit because if, if you see a spider giant spider with a white walker riding uh, it you you want to scream you want to run away and <laughs> yeah I, th I guess these giant spiders get their benefit out of it so i thought yeah i make a ability around panic tests so um, so th that was my my process behind the under fear ability <laughs> 
Uh, Fabio, any kind of impressions? It's sort of a unique cavalry unit. We don't have any, you know, it'd be cool to see if ever there were miniatures or something. I'm sure people out there have some some miniatures from other game systems or something they could use to make spiders. But um, the idea of what it might look like would be cool. But what about from the rules mechanics perspective? Anything stand out as, you know, potentially problematic or things that would be interesting to play test? All right. So the first uh, thing that kind of triggered me was, okay, this unit is way too strong for six points. <laughs> <laughs> Their baseline stats are worth around seven. That really depends on faction design and so on. But yeah, I, I would bump them up to seven, like just as of the first thing. And um, although, and I don't know if we will talk about this later or now, but I'll, I'll just say it now. Um, that although they, they should be your elite units, they're your finishing units, right? Since they're a cavalry. And so I guess that the undead fear ability is really interesting, but maybe not for them. Um, maybe they should have something that packs a punch because you already have, um, and we'll go through this again, right? But you already have a lot of abilities that place these corpse tokens and and use the corpse tokens so i don't really know if this fits in here or in another unit oh like, interesting the ability is amazing but the the night striders should probably be your your finishing units right they should be your cave dwellers or your knights of castle rock yeah, yeah. and any interesting like response that yannick like any other abilities or ideas come to mind then <sighs> Not at this moment. Maybe an ability that can ignore terrain, for example, because others oh, yeah. can climb. But yeah, I, I, I'm almost wondering, like, could you have something where, if the enemy is already engaged with like wraiths or something, maybe they get a bonus, so they're not like hitting things on their own, but they wait till people get bogged down by the undead army of wraiths and then they come in and just clean up. Yeah, that sounds cool. Also, there's one thing that they should have in my opinion which is vicious, right? Oh yeah. Cuz you want your enemies to fail panic tests. That would already combo with the wraiths, like you engage mm -hmm. with the wraiths, then you attack with the night strider with vicious and then you're already putting your corpse tokens on your wraiths. I make some cards that can apply wishes to units, I guess. Yeah. yeah. For for example, the White Walker attachment, which you can attach to the to the weights, can give you wishes. So, I, I know it's it's very late in the game when you get wishes, but uh, also also you can get uh, your minuses to the morale over flank or rear charges. So right. That 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 was my thought process behind. So I don't want to give them wishes. Because it's then it's really OP. So hmm. well, I mean, I and, guess if you have an OP set of abilities, do you just balance that by points then? Um, it, once again, it really depends on what you want from the faction. Mm -hmm. In this case, yeah, definitely, I'll be glad to have an eight or nine point cavalry. That also kind of pairs them out with all the other uh, expensive cavalries we have in the game. Mm hmm. Hmm. The uh, the next unit is the undead giant. Uh, we got a cool picture we found online for that, and it's a five movement. It's got Mighty Fury. It hits on a three plus on six dice. It's got four plus armor, four plus morale, and then it has Undead Swing. Each time an enemy, uh, each time an engaged enemy combat unit loses a rank, place two corpse tokens on a friendly unit within short range of this unit. 
And then it's Mighty Fury ability. Defenders do not get defense saves against this attack. As a giant, the model has five wounds, and the model only suffers one wound for every two unblock hits from an, from an enemy attack or effect, discarding the remainder. So, Yannick, what was the thought behind this unit? So, first, I don't want to make it just like the giant from Free Fog. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, I want to change the tech profile so that uh, it ignores defense saves and looks more like the Umber Crate Axis, but without the restriction of being stuck in, in combat. Because a giant, if a, if a giant have a swing on you, you are dead. And an angry giant, I, I guess dead giants are angry. So an angry <laughs> giants always swing hard. So yeah, so, so that was the process behind it. And then you had this at seven points, just like the uh, Free Folk Giant. Yeah. Um, maybe just a word on the ability on that swing, which can give out cops tokens as well. Um, like I said, the, the spiders were specialized in failing panic tests. So I want something that only get cops tokens if you kill stuff. And that was um, the idea behind on that swing, because Giant just kills stuff. So. And it might be a situation where like you're facing an army that's got super good morale and they're not failing panic tests and you know you have another way to get tokens yeah. then. Right, Fabio, what, what response to maybe the, the undead giant? All right, so I loved him and I also really enjoyed that he is seven points as well. That, that makes a, a good comparison uh, and I, people like to compare. <laughs> but at seven <laughs> points... And since he does not allow defense saves, his attack should be on a four plus. That that's something I, I felt. Ah, okay. Because right now he hits six die on three plus. That's pretty regularly. That's pretty consistent. Yeah, that's very consistent. And then he does he has more damage output and sustainability than the average giant. Yeah. Um, should we drop plus. the damage down, you think? I mean, should it not be six dice? Should it maybe we should be looking at, you know, so a regular giant does what, D three plus one? So maybe getting like two average with some swings or some, you know, spikes. Should we move this to like, you know, four dice on a four plus or, th you know, uh, does that end up just being about the same? Hmm. I think it's fine being six dice as long as it's on a four plus because that, that makes a difference, like one or two dice on average more. Yeah. I mean, it'll be way more impactful on the charge, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And also... I really like the idea that he he can place corpse tokens by killing enemies. At the same time, since he is a giant and he's such a unique creature, he, maybe he should have his own thing. I know that's something I said also about the giant spiders, right? The night striders. Mm -hmm. But I feel like what's missing here is maybe a second unit of like other types of wraiths, like heavy wraiths or something. That would give more design space for the Knight Striders and Giants to do their own thing. Hmm. I'm yeah. taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So, so you you say it's over um, overuse of the cops talk mechanics on the normal units. Yeah, I, I'd say it's an, it's not an overuse because we need to test this and we need to see if it there are enough corpse tokens being put on the table and being used. Yeah. But I'd say that like giant spiders, undead giants, these are all so cool that they should run away a little bit from just the main, the the core faction mechanics. They, they should synergize, but not do the same thing. Yeah. Right. So for example, getting benefits from 
tokens, but they can't get tokens by themselves. Yeah, yeah something like that. Hmm. Okay. And then our uh, our next, our last unit really was a uh, undying lady, and this was a the the where well, we wanted you to be looking through all the units on April Fool's Day, being like, is this a new faction? Like, I don't know. Like, something seems off, but they also look kind of real. We wanted you to get to Undying Lady and be like, wait a second. Um, so this is a tribute to Lady, who was with the Sansa Stark model in the Kickstarter. And then a fan pointed out that at this point in the timeline, Lady would have actually been killed. And so the model had Lady removed from it. And it was such a beautiful model. Um, and so here's our Undying Lady. Movement of six, two plus to hit on three dice, three plus armor, two plus morale. It's a dire wolf with two wounds, gets the free maneuver, and has the ability Undead Hunt. Every time an engaged enemy combat unit suffers a wound, place one corpse token on this unit. And Frostbite is the attack ability. For each successful hit caused by this attack, one enemy unit within long range of this unit loses all abilities this round. When this unit attacks, your opponent has, if they have Sansa Stark as an NCU, they must use her ability immediately. And the joke was, Undying Lady triggers Sansa Stark. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Yannick, what were your thoughts here behind some of this, I guess? I talked through some of it, but... <laughs> also, just to note, the picture we used was the, the picture... We used was the picture of uh, the Kickstarter where Sansa um, holding the ear of Lady. And yeah, it, it was just to trigger <laughs> the guys who, who were looking at this even more. And it was kind of hidden on the on the builder, so you don't see it at first. So we have the opportunity to make it really dumb, if I can say that. <laughs> So the profile at first is the normal profile of the Diabus. Okay, she has a attack more. And uh, yeah, Undead Hunt was just that you can get corpse tokens as much as you want. She can get killed pretty easily. And yeah, <laughs> and, and the frostbite ability. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, Fab, uh, uh, if you had any notes on this one. You might have noticed that it seemed a little bit more... Uh powerful <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna say people already <laughs> complain about ghost right imagine right dying lady i mean uh, and i guess the shutting units down within long range that's probably by itself too powerful for a lot of units to have yeah and also since she spams that for like each generated hit so like that would be like my first hard nerf is like <laughs> <laughs> like if you just change the wording to if this attack generates any hits, one enemy becomes blah, blah, blah. Right. That, that would work better, right? That would be more consistent with the game mechanics. And there was a little flavor issue. Of course, Undying Lady is already a flavor issue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how can a solo unit stack up corpse tokens? Like, do more dead dogs show up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Have you ever had, uh, Fabio, and you don't have to be specific, but have you ever had like a unit come from like, we'll say an unnamed game designer that you're like, wait, this is just way too powerful. Okay, so <laughs> the unnamed game designer we're talking about is very meticulous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, if you, you're gonna, he's gonna come to your doorstep and you're gonna be like, oh my God. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But 
um, yeah, so Michael is very meticulous when he does things. <laughs> Usually it's just soft balance, like in the Giants, like, oh, this should be a four plus, not a three plus. Mm -mm. And then once again, the real hard decisions are made after we consistently play test. So like, oh, this ability is neat, but it's not triggering. So what's the point? And, and stuff like that, right? So most of the things here are great, but they need play testing. That's where you get your true information. And that's where we're going to have your listeners and the community members help us out, maybe. Uh, so let's, let's move on to the commanders then. So there was only, and I remember talking to uh, you, Yannick, about this, like, what do we do for commanders? And uh, it was plural. And we're like, well, we can't really think of any other commander besides what we saw in the show as the Night King. So we got the first White Walker and his order, his ability was summoning the dead. When this unit activates, remove up to six corp to corpse tokens from friendly units within long range of this unit. For each and every corpse token removed from a friendly unit, restore one wound to a friendly unit within long range. So what was the idea here with this, this commander? So like I said before, I really have the clips and, and images from the show and especially Hardhome. So this moment when the Night King steps to the beach, the, the dead bodies lying around them, and he raises his hands and the dead wake up and <laughs> come to life. Yep. And uh, I really want a mechanic that can implement that, this, and I guess bringing back dead people and dead bodies and corpse tokens are dead people for, for at my perspective. So this was the idea behind it. and. And so the uh, the Wraith unit can generate, every time an enemy uh, engaged with them fails a panic test, they gain two corpse tokens. So if that happened three times, there'd be six. He could restore, you know, six wounds to another unit and bring back like, you know, a, uh, you know, a half a unit of Wraith. I have to say, he says we move up to six cop tokens from friendly units within long range of this unit. So you can pick up your corpse tokens from every unit in long range and give restore wounds to one specific unit so you can funnel your your resources in one unit mm. so to redirect uh, redirect your resources a bit yeah and uh, fabio what were your thoughts about this sort of idea all right so to be honest i think i misunderstood what he did because i thought all and i'm wrong i just misread because I thought all the you, you could remove up to six from each unit, and then each unit would would restore, and that Ooh. was really strong, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, and to, be, and to be fair, these were uh, labors of love, but also this is a very short time. Some of this stuff was written up, so there are every once in a while some typos and things like that in them. <laughs> oh no, don't worry, I didn't look at that. But okay, so now rethinking my my actually my critique would be that his ability would probably have to be short range just so uh, players have to manage around the situation. Ah. Right? So you can't just spam heal everything because long right. range is a lot in this game, right? Covers like a quarter of the map. And so, if center your Night's King unit, then like basically any unit you have on the table can heal. And that's a big issue, right? So, so, to, so he would always want to be in the center of the battlefield, ideally then, which makes the person playing him too have to make some interesting choices. Yep. And so once again, like if, if we reduce it to short range, that increases the 
the difficulty level of using him, but that means that players need to prep up and they just can't spam this, you know, because then it becomes like a cheap trick. At short range, then I can, uh, you can also give other players a chance to counterplay this, right? So like, oh, I'm going to try to lure his units away from close to the Knight's King so they don't heal or something. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And then I guess the, the one NCU we came up with, this is a faction that I guess does not rely too much on tactics. It is the mother, uh, sorry, it's the Night Queen, the Queen of the Long Night, and her influence is Mother of the Night. When influencing a unit, choose one of the following effects. At the start of this unit's activation phase, place two corpse tokens on the unit, or at the start of the unit's activation, remove up to two corpse tokens from the unit and restore one wound for every corpse token removed. What are we thinking there, Yannick? At this point, I don't know how much corpse tokens you will get at a, at a, when, when the game goes on. My, my idea was, at the beginning, you have your units clash in, in your enemies, so you get some corpse tokens to the start, but you will add up your corpse tokens from the start and to the end, and if you go on, your army gets stronger because you get more corpse tokens and your effects get better. And so I, I want to revert it a bit that if you start, you are the strongest and at the end, you are on the weakest point. I want to make it that you start weak and get stronger when the game goes on. So this was an idea to get some more corpse tokens to, to your units and keeping your units alive at the at the same time, if you expand your cops tokens from your unit. So it's a bit of everything, but I hope it's not too strong uh, in the, if you see it over the whole army. So yeah. Fabio, what do you think? Yeah, so I think she's really cool. Uh, she enables you to use your tactics cards and your, uh, and just your army in general. So if you're missing that corpse token, or if you, you need a heal, she's very versatile. Um, just a few developer red flags, right? So like, first of all, her ability should only target friendly units because it will get pretty confusing if you start putting corpse tokens on Lannister units or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's a, okay. Uh, that's, yep, there's the language thing. That's perfect, yeah. And yeah, that's like one of those things that we have to be meticulous with wording because I don't know what that could be. What could happen out of these consequences? Probably right? so not something good, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Usually, it's better to play safe. So the first time I read her through, I read her before the tactics cards, and I was like, wow, this takes a lot of setup just to heal two wounds, right? You need, like, two rounds. But once I read the tactics cards where you need corpse tokens to trigger effects and so on, she made more sense. So, yeah, I think she's pretty fine. Just a little wording fix, and, yeah, she she's playable. And I think, did we give her, I think we said her at four points. Was that what that was? Yeah, I, I just yeah. imagined she was four because that's standard. Not for us free folk players. We like it cheap. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> all right. So uh, then we have a whole set of tactics cards here. Now, rather than talking through all of the tactics cards, which are online at a song of ice and fire cc.com under the, the new community content section, um, let's maybe talk about like one or two of the cards that, um, maybe uh, really stand out or that you're particularly proud of. So Yannick, what's one of the, the cards that, um, you know, you'd like to highlight here? Um, summoning Summon the Dead is my favorite card. It was one of the first I did. It's 
like like I said, this scene where the Night King raised all the bodies. And <laughs> I, I won the card that showed this in the game. So getting a unit back from the dead anywhere on the battlefield is really cool cinematic in my in my head. And I don't know if it's too overpowered. If you if you bring a, ra a unit of raids back in your flank or rear of the enemy unit, but I like it. Um, so you could engage. So in this card, basically at the start of the round, remove eight corpse tokens from the friendly unit. Uh, sorry, from friendly units, and you get to deploy a wraith unit with D three plus three wounds in short range of a friendly unit that has a corpse token. So if I spent all the corpse tokens, then are you envisioning then that that unit that has no more corpse tokens, it couldn't be deployed next to them? Because it says so, they have to be within short range of a friendly unit with a corpse token. Yeah, you, you remove the corpse tokens first. Mm -hmm. And you need at least one corpse tokens left to um, restart, uh, to, to spawn this, this unit on the battlefield. Uh, and, you're, and you're also envisioning that then you could spawn them in close combat with somebody? <laughs> That's I wonder if that breaks them. Maybe, in fact, before I speculate, let's just turn to our the game developer. Um, thoughts on being able to spawn in combat? Uh, nope. Nope. Okay. I, I you know, maybe that's that, that, I almost, I keep something that keep thinking that like that one inch rule and I'm like, there must be a reason for that too, but that might be, uh, that might be problematic. There might be some weird interactions there that I'm not thinking of, but I don't know. General thoughts on that summon the undeath card. All right. So I think it's one of the greatest cards, uh, that were made regarding the, Others, the Grumpkins and Snarks faction, <laughs> and and it's really interesting, right? And that's what re how that card is the epitome of the flavor of this faction. So it's amazing, right? Um, although it does require a lot of clarification, right? So the fact that you need at least one corpse token remaining needs to be very clear, and also like, can I place um, this? this new unit tray over impassable terrain. Can I place it like it needs these little clarifications. And one thing to keep a watchful eye on is that this card is beautiful, but it limits future design space, such as fishing cards from your graveyard. Imagine if they had like the undead Bowen Marsh and then <laughs> find that right. And, and play it quickly that might cripple the game. Yeah. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, I could see that being problematic. At the same time, that's tough because it really does it does feel so cinematic. Yeah, no, I, I would keep this card, right? It just needs playtesting and maybe wording changes. Yeah. Uh, you know, was, go ahead, Yannick. Uh, also, I want to say I don't think that uh, others are faction that really relies on tactics. There are a, a mass of, of troops that can stand up from the dead and they don't think that they need this tactic board or um, or tactic cards shenanigans like for example Lannister's does. So I want tactic cards that are very straightforward but if you if you combine them with, with your cops tokens you can get really cool effects and the the managing of the resources of the cops tokens is the key of, of the tactic cards um, to play them right. And so I don't think fishing the card or getting them back from the graveyard is the is the key of the faction, uh, what what they have to do, so they, so uh, what got, they should do. So they got tricks they can do, but they only do them once. It's not like he's uh, 
keeps raising the armies up from the dead again and again and again and again the same yeah. battle you know now i'm looking at this and i'm just like you know what we need to think of is uh uh, you know, there's got to be a uh, some sort of dragon tactics card, like an undead dragons tactic card or something we put in here. That would be something we have to brainstorm later, I think. Yeah. Was there any other card that maybe stood out to you, Fabio, uh, looking through the tactics cards that were made? That stands out as, as great? Or, or pro- especially problematic. You can do best and worst if you want. <laughs> okay, so I'd say I really like Unstoppable Charge. So that's when a friendly unit charges, that unit may reroll their charge distance die and the attack deals plus two automatic hits. If the unit has five plus corpse tokens on it, the unit counts as having rolled a six for their charge distance. If the unit has seven plus corpse tokens, they deal D3 plus wounds instead of hits. Yeah, I found it amazing and I really enjoyed it. Um, but maybe that's because the card is a little too strong. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a little too unstoppable right now. But like if we reduce the numbers and make the effects cumulative, that that should really make it an, a very outstanding card. Oh, interesting. So what do you mean by that? Make the effects cumulative? So right now, I'm not sure if this was the intent or not, but from the wording, you either get the five plus ability or the seven plus ability. In my mind, if you had the seven plus ability, you should also get the five plus. Right. That would make sense. And so then you're saying maybe lower the effects, like, you know, you're not doing D3 plus one wounds, you're doing a little bit less. Or you saying, yeah. Yeah, I I really like the rolling a six for the charge distance, but then D3 plus one wounds instead of two hits is a lot. Like, if you changed it to just two wounds or maybe D3 plus one hits. Like either of these two situations might work. Yeah. Um maybe you you guessed it, but I got inspired by the specific stock tactics cards and it's it's like the stock tactic cards with some some changes to make it fit the the other faction. So yeah, it's devastating impact. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a bit more OP for uh, if if you compare to devastating impact, but I don't want to you to have to claim a specific zone on the tactic spot. So, uh, if we look on all the tactic cards and uh, the units and the commander and so on, you don't find anything that needs you to claim a specific zone on the tactic spot because I guess the, the others don't care about politics and <laughs> don't care if, if you if you claim a specific zone so i want to um, balance it out with getting these cops tokens and cops tokens gives you the um, special effect so uh, yeah i think that's the problem with uh, with this maybe slight overpowered thing of this card yeah that that makes a lot of sense and once again uh to determine especially tactics cards and tactics decks to be sure if they're overpowered or not you really need a play test, right? You need to put these cards on the table and no pun intended and, and see what happens. <laughs> I like, I'm like, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, only I'm supposed to be able to use the catchphrase. What is this? <laughs> and I hope you get your miniatures. <laughs> there we go. No, 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 don't stop, stop, stop. If you, if you are not finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> it just cuts out right there. <laughs> oh. 
Them. <laughs> I guess another card that really stood out that feels very Song of Ice and Fire is the Knight's King Touch of Night. Uh, so after the friendly units attacked, if the attack dealt any wounds, the defender becomes weakened. If this unit has three plus corpse tokens, the defender becomes panicked. If the unit has five plus tokens, the defender becomes vulnerable. And once again, these effects should be cumulative. But I'm not sure if I'm just reading that wrong or if it's a wording no, issue. That's our that's the wording. We can we can update that. <laughs> um, this may be the problem because I'm not a native speaker and yeah, I, I try to put something out and we had not this much time to reread the <laughs> card on, on on something like this. And yeah. if you're if you're a community member out there who wants to start making some cool custom stuff or custom scenarios, no pressure. But all of this goodness was made in like. A 24-hour period by uh, by Yannick. It was like you know was, just spewing out beautiful ideas. Thanks, but I I guess it was double the time. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, it's, you know, so maybe add the cumulative keyword to this. Yeah, this yeah. Um, this is meant to be cumulative, but I guess I just wrote it wrong. No, and that's fine. I I think that that I understood the intent. Yeah. It was just like, sometimes it's better to be like extra clear. Yeah. And can I do a couple of, of negatives? Sure. Yeah, go course. for it. Uh, can I, can I say just one or two sentences why I made this card and what yeah. was my process behind it? Um, like I said before, I, I like the scenes from the show and I like to recreate it. And we have a scene of um, Bran walking around and he stands before the, the army of the dead and the, the Night King in front of him. And you, you see the fear of Bran in his eyes when the Night King grabs him and touches him and marks him. So I, and he regained him because he don't have the protection of the, of the river tree. Mm -hmm. And he panicked him because Bran knows, yeah, the Night King is coming for me. And this, yeah, this was the, the process yeah. behind it. I want to recreate a bit of this, but yeah, it's not that yeah, I don't know if it translates this good to the game. Um, I think it does. Yeah, you sell yourself short, Yannick. <laughs> amazing. Thank you. That's the positive. That's the, that was the compliment. Now we're going to he's like, but yeah, you're like the knuckles cracking. Here we go. That's uh, always a but. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, but <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I'll just skim through these. Like I don't, I don't want to stall too much, right? Sure. But uh, the long night seems a little weak, especially if most of your units and NCUs already spread a lot of corpse tokens. And that's the one when you claim any zone on the tactics board, you can replace the zone's effect with place up to three corpse tokens on a friendly unit. So I don't really feel you need that because you already do that a lot with all the other things you, you placed in your mechanics. Hmm, okay. Um, another one that kind of red flagged me was Visions of Winter. Oh, that's the one where when an enemy unit activates, the enemy unit must pass morale test, or the unit and all attachments of the unit lose all abilities until the end of the round. If the unit is engaged with a unit with three plus corpse tokens on it, the enemy, suffer, the enemy unit suffers D3 wounds. So basically what, what flagged me there was that there are just so many triggers on the same card and so many conditional effects that you have to keep track of. 
and that usually affects uh, player downtime and that it also makes it hard for players to understand. So, like, um, I guess that really slows game flow. So that was my concern. Not really the power itself, but the amount of information. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, when you say this, is, I realized it's the same with John and Ghost activating and you playing this much tactics card at the same time. And yeah, it's something like this, but more worse, I guess. <laughs> There's just another one. Wait, let me see if I can find it. Okay, here, Fear from Death. Oh, that's the one when an enemy unit fails a panic test. For each model removed from this test, place one corpse token on a friendly unit in long range. If the enemy unit is in short range to your commander, place D3 plus one additional corpse tokens on friendly units. Right, and that's a really cool card as well, but it feels like a commander card, especially because not only it says commander in the ability. Yeah. It feels like something the Night King would take. So maybe add that as his card and remove uh, uh, the Visions of Winter. Uh, and which, which is one? the last one we talked about. Oh, right. There we go. <laughs> I've got, I'm looking at the cards on the Song of Ice and Fire website and it's on a carousel and it rotates like every 15 seconds. So I'm like looking at it and reading it and then it like shifts over a panel. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Hmm. hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I hope Yannick, you realize that this this really reached a lot of people in the community, yeah. and uh, there was a lot of positive support. First off, as like a ha ha, you got me. Like, but then there were some people that were like, "Well, hey, wait a second here. I think I think this is a thing that might be fun to play in some scenarios or do some you know homebrew games." And it just it doesn't hurt that Simon also does Zombicide. And so if you wanted to play a faction like this at, for fun, you could take some of their Zombicide, like their Black Blackblade Zombicide miniatures, and put them in the trays and, and have your kind of undead army to start. Um, so I thought it might be cool to go over all of these like we did uh, with Fabio giving some feedback and giving us insight into like, you know, what things you consider as a game developer. But maybe now is the part where we need to say, hey, you know, if you're listening, check out the site, check out the units, maybe print out the cards on some paper, and uh, you know, do some play testing. And what I'll do is when I put up this episode, I'll put up like a Google Doc that people can put notes into, and maybe we can get some feedback and people can play some games. And I guess maybe Fabio, you could have some insight into that. Like, hmm, what are some things that people should look for while, when we are play testing something like this? Like, are there things that we should be making note of? I mean, is it just like, oh, it won, it won a game. Like, yeah, it won a game, but like, what's what are things we want to be looking for? Okay, so I, I guess... That's so general, I know. Sorry, but... No, don't worry. I'm, I'm not scared of sharing trade secrets. <laughs> so basically, I think the main thing is um, once you put things on... Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say on the table again. Wait. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Every time you say that, you owe me 10 cents. It's in the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on I the battlefield, that, yeah. That once on your put, table surface, once you put your <laughs> units on the battlefield, you'll really see them uh, how they play out if they're excelling or not, right? So that's one thing to be careful. Also, never or avoid playing always against the same lists. You need to see how they play out if they're balanced, not just against your Lannister guys, but if they're balanced against the Starks, 
the Night's Watch, the Free Folk, the Neutrals, and so on. Because sometimes um, you'll have a really neat idea, but then eventually that guy has that, like, that tactics deck has a specific card that will always end your fun, and, it, and it's not counterplot, I'm just saying... <laughs> but it is uh it's you know it is <laughs> so you need to you need to actually like cross test it with everything that already exists that's one big issue the other thing i think like once you're playing just like things that you should look out are like are there abilities that are being overused so like if they are that means that that people are exploiting them and they're probably a little bit too powerful. And also, if there are abilities that once you finish the game, you're like, oh my god, I forgot to use this corpse token mechanic on, on the wraiths or something. And after the match, you'll see that sometimes you forget stuff. And if you do, that's also a problem. Because abilities should be flashy enough for you to remember that you have them. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. Right? So sometimes it's balanced. It's just not fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, so, yeah, okay. sorry. No, go ahead. No, and I, and I think like the last uh, hint that I would make that I would give is that right now you guys have four units, one commander and one NCU. That's not enough to start a faction, right? So when we start a faction, we make a lot of units, a lot of attachments and NCUs. Obviously, we balance them out in waves. And we have a pipeline, but you need to have all the other ones, even though even if they're not balanced, already made, just so you have a general overview of what you're doing. And sometimes you think of like, oh, I'm gonna fix this unit to have a different ability or such and such, or oh, this guy should have vicious, but then you already know that in the future there is gonna be a unit that has vicious. So that keeps you in check to make the the adequate design decisions. Oh, okay. So you guys take kind of like a big picture when you do your faction design. Like you're, I guess I always assumed, yeah, I don't know what I assumed, but I guess I thought like, you know, you have like the starter set and then you kind of add on from there. But if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying when you do the faction, you actually have like the faction almost like a, a sizable faction in your mind or planned out. And then you're only releasing part of it and then you can tweak things, but it's, it's really kind of already set in motion. Yeah, exactly. So this is hypothetical, right? I'm not giving you a specific example. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if it was no, like a, a, an upcoming, you know, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this time, no spoilers. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> but let's say like I started building a faction. If I just did the starter box, then I wouldn't really know what they do. I know what the starter box does, right? Right. A good example would be the free folk, right? If right. we made them just with the starter box content and then did the rest, it wouldn't synergize the way it's supposed to. And like I remember when we released the free folk that people were complaining that it was underpowered, it's because that was a starter box. It's you need it to to add on all the other stuff, but if we don't know already what people are going to add on later, that is a big right. deal, right? So we already make like the starter box, like three or four extra unit boxes, a hero box, and then we know what the faction does, right? Then so, you have so, a real idea of what they're they're doing. I'm gonna put you on the spot then here. So what you're saying is that if there was a new faction to be announced soon, that you would already know all about that new faction and about the next few units and the hero box, and you would be sitting here willfully not telling us what those are. 
Ugh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, I don't know how you do it because when we talked to you about the free folk and here I am going about the free folk again, we asked you, you know, is the hero box going to change things up? And you were like, yes, it definitely does. Even though it stays in flavor. It is so awesome. I don't know how you were able to hold in not sharing how awesome it is. Cause yeah, I just there's get this thing called about it uh, now. firing you. If you break <laughs> uh, I see. Uh, okay. Simon's got that tactics card. They can just play. <laughs> Anytime, no, I guess. Part of, part of keeping these games alive is also like keeping the community engaged. Yeah. So if I told you everything for the next two years, what's the fun in that, right? Right, exactly. And so, and that's what we're really hoping to use this time to do is like kind of like a, I know another call to arms here is that with the show wrapping up, right? You know, we're moving into a new phase where the, the, this sort of IP is supported, you know, solely by the books, but it doesn't have to be that way. We're going to have cool units being released, but also if community members out there want to make fan stuff, there's a lot of layers to this game. Like not everybody wants to be a competitive tournament player. Some people are just going to play at home on their kitchen table with their, you know, their kids. It's okay to make fun stuff up. Like, you know, and the community has room for all those players, like people who want to just be fun and, and make things up and people who want to really practice hard and, and maximize their skills at un using the units in like a very competitive sense. So for this next upcoming month, what we're asking is, you know, go out there, be creative, try and make some units up, try and make some scenarios up. We'll be putting up custom scenarios. We'll be working through the, the others faction as a fan faction, trying to get people's feedback, maybe making a scenario uh, if there was one hypothetically in a world existed where there was a big battle against the uh, the others with uh, having a no spoiler episode of the podcast here. Um, maybe we could recreate a battle like that for fun. Uh, so if you are someone who is, uh, you know, not looking to play competitively or enjoys both, right, the fan side, um, get engaged, do that. And if you're posting stuff, ideas, you know, put it on the Facebook group or uh, if you're on Instagram or things like that, like, you know, share your ideas and, you know, do a hashtag for like Simon Games or Song of Ice and Fire TMG, uh, TMG and tag on the table gaming. And let's get some community energy going behind making some fan-made stuff. And Yannick, what, what's next on your list then? Oh, next on my list, um, first I want to add this, this notes I, I made today <laughs> uh, to this faction and balance it out and playtest it if I get a time for this. <laughs> so um, also maybe one or two more units and then commander and some stuff like Fabio said. And yeah, just try to have fun with the game, play it. And yeah, and you know, and guys, you know, you know, we can't all lean on Yannick cool fan stuff, right? We gotta help him out, bounce some ideas <laughs> around. When I post the podcast, I'll put a Google link with it so that people can jump in there and leave some notes. Maybe that's a place that the community can all like check in and uh, give feedback. And yeah. Also, I have to ask this as just a, a random guy who who likes to make stuff to you, Fabio. Um, have you any tips or, or ideas how I or we can improve to make stuff like this and any tips uh, in general on, on making something like a faction or scenario or so on? Yeah, uh, well, to be honest, I'm really impressed. You guys did a great job, right? Because once, once you read all the units and everything together, they feel like a faction. So you're, in, you're 
taking the right path, right? Um, things that are missing, attachments. We need attachments for this faction. Oh, actually, okay, so yeah, we do have the White Walker. I totally forgot about that one. Uh, so Bringer of the Night, while attached to a unit, this unit gets the following effects based on the number of corpse tokens on this unit. Three plus corpse tokens, this unit's melee attacks roll plus two die. Five plus corpse tokens, this unit's melee attacks gain plus one to hit. Eight plus corpse tokens, this unit's melee attacks gain vicious. 11 plus corpse tokens, this unit's melee attacks deal D3 plus two automatic wounds. Now, just to clarify on that last one, is that in addition to the regular attacks or they lose their attack ability and they just do D3 plus two automatic wounds? Uh, I th it was intended that they get D3 plus two automatic wounds to their attacks, but I guess if we just give them D3 automatic wounds, it's just fine. Um, the, the idea behind it was um, you, you can build up and if you have 11 cops tokens on a unit, this unit should kill stuff. So you, you have done this really big investment in this one specific unit um, to, to get your additional effects and just that you, you, you can earn, earn it back. So like I said, at the end of the game, you should have one or two units that are very strong because you invested so heavily on this. And the White Walker was an attachment, so I can bring, give the, give the rights a late game insurance. So, yeah, I guess it was two points we made it. So it's not this easy to get in your list building. So, yeah. Yeah. So at two points, that means for seven points, and after you use your NCU for the first time, you have a, a seven-point unit that hits 14 attack dice at the moment. Yeah, like I said, the, the attack profile of the weights, not as it should be. <laughs> so yeah, if, if we go with your notes, you are at seven, three, so we have nine attacks, but... You, you can get counterattacked after your charge, and with a 6-plus defense, I guess you can lose the rank easily if you don't, uh, if you're fighting something different than Lannister Guards. So, hmm. um, you're, you're on 4 that puts you up to 2 dice, uh, to, to 6 dice, also 4, four dice plus two, 2 dice. I guess you're on a regular attack profile again something like this yeah what i really like about this attachment is that um, you have to really manage like am i gonna try to stack up corpse tokens so i can get attack buffs or am i gonna have to spend them to keep my unit alive because they only have a defense save of six so this is really interesting this creates one of those uh, uh token <coughs> management situations which is really cool. I think like this is the way to go uh, for the faction design on attachments. And if people can hear beeping in the background, that's because uh, we're in Discord recording this. And in the On the Table Gaming Discord, people can see that Fabio is in this chat and they are, they're all talking about how they're demanding, uh, they want to hear some leaks <laughs> next time, next time. They want to know what's going on. Um, <laughs> 
But you know, as we let me as we start to wrap things up here, I do I do want to say one thing um, about Fabio coming on here. So I know a lot of people are interacting with uh, Michael and Fabio on the Facebook group, and Adam as well, all CMON representatives or employees. Uh, and you know, this is something kind of unique, right? Not a lot of games have the developer or the designers or distribution involved in actually talking with the fans. Uh, and so, you know, I just want to say thank you so much, Fabio, for coming on the podcast again and and talking with me and taking the time to talk with Yannick as well about, you know, fan-made stuff, right? This We're not talking about A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game right now. You're talking about, you know, what it's like to be a game developer, essentially. And, uh, you know, there are people out there that maybe, maybe they want to learn to, you know, do this stuff more and eventually, you know, try and get a job like you have working for a company, working in the board game industry. Uh, and it's just really awesome that you do that. And uh, so I want to say thank you. And I also want to remember, you know, for fans and people out there listening, you know, when you're interacting with these CMON employees in the public, um, you know, keep that in mind that these people are professionals. And there were some comments I was seeing about people being, you know, commenting about uh, lore or things like that. Um, you guys know what you're doing. And, uh, you know, we're really thankful for the time you take to do things like this and the work you've done in general. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm always really glad to be here. And uh, to be honest, you guys do such an amazing job as well. You know, you keep people engaged. And this uh, whole others, Grumpkin and Snark faction, <laughs> is amazing. I really enjoyed talking about it. And it, it really raised chit-chat in the yes. office. You know, like people were really engaged and they really enjoyed well, you know, and thank you so much for coming on. And we'll wrap things up here. Special thanks to all our Patreon supporters, especially our producer, Sonny Smith. Check out a song of ice and fire cc.com. Look at the others faction. Grab some of your zombicide miniatures, throw them in the trays, and we hope you get your miniatures on the table.